Welcome to a French Collection podcast, a go-to podcast for everything on France, hosted by me, Annette Charlton. With guests, candid insights into living in France, travel discussions and more, our show will transport you to the land of cheese and croissants. So now let's dive into our next episode. Hello everyone and thank you for joining me again today. I'm not sure if you were catching me on Facebook or Instagram live yesterday, but I had a nice chat with those that joined me and I shared a little bit about uh, the area that I live in when I'm in Australia. And I was letting you know that today's podcast would be some little antidotes, uh, incidental memoirs from different times when we've been in France. They've all got a special meaning uh, to me and hopefully you'll find them entertaining as well. So I labelled these uh, short incidents to be the importance of the right saint, the power of the stick pin, styled by a French supermarket and Madame, your chimney's on fire. So let's have a listen to the first memoir, The Importance of the Right Saint. In our little village, when we were staying one time, we'd gone across and read the local advertisement. We'd checked the date, double-checked the date, and when the time came, we'd dressed ourselves head to foot in the warmest clothes and we'd headed out in the dark snow, which was steadily falling, to find a little village that had been on the flyer that the school play towards the end of the year, celebrating the end of the year on a December holiday, was going to be enacted at another local school. We'd seen it advertised in our local bar when we dashed in one day on our way home from the butchers. We'd picked up some last-minute fresh baguettes, some stinky oozy cheese and some obligatory wine. Myself and the three children, Paul was back in Australia working for another week on this trip, we'd been looking forward to watching the school children perform their play. We thought we'd further immerse ourselves in village life and generally have a family night out. We were not going to let the snow stop us. Nope, we were going to have some great family fun. It doesn't normally snow in our village, but this was one of those rare occasions during winter when our village was covered in snow. Living in Australia, I'm not used to driving in the snow, but I was not going to let it stop myself and the children having a great time out and to experience a different part of everyday life and join in and support another local village. So driving carefully on the narrow country lanes, which was with snow piled high on both sides, I could barely see. I could barely see where I was going except for the uh, occasional trees up ahead in the bright lights. I could see where the road uh, merged and turned. The light kept reflecting off the off the snow, the high snow embankments. So I had to drive very slowly. And of course, driving with a vehicle on the other side of the road with a steering wheel on the other side of the car late at night to a village that I didn't know about was quite a challenge. We slowly made our way to the village on the flyer, or to be more correct, as I thought, the village on the flyer. Alas, when we arrived at St Gilvan, it all seemed really quiet. There were no cars in the town square. There were no lights on. Where was everyone? I looked back at the children and we did some shoulder shrugging. Perhaps we were too late. 
Had I got the time wrong? Nope, we had left him plenty of time to negotiate the the roads on this very dismal evening. We were on time. So parking beside the local tobacco in this village, which was the only source of activity, my car filled half of the tiny lane. We had a big family car. I stopped where I was and I clomped through the snow to enter the smoke-filled hot bar. As soon as you opened the door, the smoke smell engulfed me. The heat hit my face. I walked up to the bar to talk to some old gentlemen. They're all peering over their glasses at me. Once again, feeling a little bit embarrassed and not quite sure what was going, my French failed me and I couldn't quite make myself understood to the seasoned drinkers at the bar who thought that I'd particularly looked out of place. However, the younger bartender, he understood enough to tell me that I'd got the village name wrong. Mind you, by only a few letters. And that Saint-Gouen was further away, whereas I was at Saint-Gilvain. It was on, however, tonight. Yep, I had got that bit right. After the excitement of looking forward to a family evening out, and driving with these heightened senses of mine on the da- on this dangerous night with the snow falling, only to find ourselves at the wrong location, it was just a bit too much. I felt deflated, and with a sigh, I mentioned to the children when I got back to the car that I had not read the flyer correctly and I'd misunderstood the name of the village. It would just be too much for me to drive to the correct village some distance away. We would be late and then I feared that I just might not be able to handle the snow. The children being ever so flexible and used to the goalpost changing, shall we say, the kids were upbeat and agreed that if I played Uno and I made hot chocolate back at home, they would be okay. I think I honestly was probably more disappointed than them at this stage. So back into the car and another hair-raising drive back to our village, We ended the night with numerous raucous games of you know and snap and yummy creamy hot chocolate. I vowed, however, to be more vigilant in reading French names and double-checking handwritten notes and hand-drawn maps which people had given me to lead me to the right village. I needed to make sure that we were going to head to the right saint's village. This made me think it pays to get the saint right. So many village names start with saint and you have to pay particular attention to the saint's name to get it right. The lesson I learned was that every du or du or saint or saint makes a huge difference in the name of a French village. If you get it wrong, you'll end up goodness knows where. So my note to self was... Read advertising flyers carefully. Read maps and handwritten instructions very carefully. Saint Apollinaire is not Saint Apollinard in any circumstances. La Grie is nowhere near Grie. However, Achen Le Grand is, of course, near Achen La Patie, being separated only by 2.5 kilometres. So go figure that out for yourself. My recommendation is be careful, double, double check the spelling and make sure you get the song right. Another story. 
the power of a stick pen. Never underestimate the power of a stick pen. You know, those little pretend gold sticks with a novelty logo or a shape on top. I'll explain what I mean. We invited some very good Australian friends who are travelling through France to spend some time in our home. It was by way of a thank you to them for all the generosity they'd shown us over the years by guesting us in their numerous holiday homes throughout Australia. We'd enjoyed a few dinners together with them going over how the appliances at the house worked and what activities they could enjoy in the village and what was further afield that they could experience and enjoy as well. Our friends were pretty keen to settle in and just live the life like a local. So while they had a very full schedule of travelling throughout France, when they hit our home, they intended rather to just soak up the sun and village life. We're going to take some kangaroo stick pins and hand them out, they said. I thought this was rather sweet of them, but I wasn't quite sure who would be really interested in the little golden lapel stick pins that they handed out to them. Okay, sounds good, we said, wondering just how it would go handing them out to the local villagers. Well, do you know, to this day, which at the time of writing this blog post was over five years later, the older men at the village Tabach, or the bar, they never fail, and I mean they never fail to tell us every trip that they remember those lovely Australians that drank alongside them at the bar glass for glass, and played patong, or bulls, well into the fading daylight every day, and gave them a kangaroo stick pin. Yep, they'll often even show us their battered woolen cap, or their farmer's coat, which honestly have seen many a change of season, with the shiny stick pin firmly attached. This great idea of Terry's shows how a little thought can mean so much, and even foster good international relationships. Australia is now firmly associated with Terry, doing the kangaroo jump along the Patong field, just to make sure they understood from whence he hailed from, and the shiny stick pin with that little iconic Aussie jumper on top. And now a word from our sponsor, a French Collection Tours. Thinking of visiting France? A French Collection Tours offer inspirational, luxurious escorted all-women tours to Paris, Normandy, Brittany and Provence. Imagine seven days with a small group of like-minded women exploring the wonders of France. These fun and exclusive tours focus on culture and art, great food and drink, authentic locations and market trips and boutique shopping. Our French collection tours are perfect to relax and unwind, re-energise and invigorate with everything taken care of for you. Your host Annette Charlton has lived part-time in France with her family for over 11 years and knows how to ensure your tour is perfect. Whether it's bucket list items or secret places Annette knows about, you will truly love the Parisian vibe. And if you want to experience Brittany like a local, then walking, quaint towns, beach walks will delight you. Or if the warmth of the south of France appeals to you, then you'll be spoiled amongst the charming villages and ancient sites on a French collection tour. So if you're thinking of travelling to France, take a look at a French collection tours 
and create your lasting memories while having the time of your life. Find out more at www.afrenchcollection.com. So now I'll move on to the story of Styled by Supermarket. I'm not a fan of retail chains and mass-produced clothing where the style, or sometimes really the lack of, is dictated to you. And if you succumb, you'll look like every other second person catching the train or walking the city streets. So my wardrobe and that of my family is a mixture of smaller boutique finds, some good recycled and charity clothing, designer clothing, and all put together with bags and accessories that will last a long time and have their own style and be of quality. So unless it's undies, socks or hosiery, I will not usually purchase clothing from the same store that my carrots, lettuces and chicken legs are purchased. That is, not so much supermarket clothing for us in Australia. However, when in France, the quality of clothing found in their supermarkets yes, beside the Isle of Breakfast cereal at our uh, local store, is generally much better and definitely more stylish than that in Australia. So every now and again, in between filling our trolley with staple food items, we come across supermarket bargains. After I've done my check of the stitching, checking that the patterns match and that there's no loose threads and that the zippers work properly, these bargains are added to our trolley. The funniest thing about these supermarket bargains is that when I'm back home in Australia if I've bought these clothes with me, I'm complimented by people. And then when they try and check out the clothing tag, you know, like without you noticing, you've probably got some friends who do that too. They seem to be overly impressed with the made in Paris or Parisian styled. It's with a bit of a laugh that I tell them that it's really just a quick supermarket bargain found in my regional France. I feel the joke is a little bit on them for being superficially impressed by the fancy name on the tag. Style really is an attitude of life and not a brand label. My my last thoughts for the day. This story is Madam, your chimney's on fire. Our chimney caught on fire without us realising. Paul was asleep on the lounge. He'd just returned from a very long drive to get to the house. I was in the kitchen and the children were playing with Lego and doing their things upstairs. We didn't know the fireplace was on fire and that smoke was billowing out of the top of the chimney. There was no smoke inside the house. We were totally unaware until we heard this loud banging and French yelling on our front door. Opening our door, there were all these farmers in their wellingtons standing in our front yard. So this is what happened. First, we panicked. Second, we told ourselves to breathe and stop panicking. Next, we followed everyone outside to see the huge flames escaping out of our chimney three stories above. We raced back inside and we extinguished the fire in our fireplace. We'd put a fire on for the cold weather, so we quickly doused that. We put some more clothes on, because we're actually in our pyjamas, and now the whole village, appeared to be the whole village, seemed to be piling into our lounge room and on our front doorstep. We quickly checked all the other rooms. 
I went frantically looking for my French and English dictionary. I gave up on looking for it. And then I started to converse with the only other English-speaking person in the village who also happened to now be at the back of the group in my lounge room. Furniture was moved away from the fireplace in the room. Food and furniture from the wall in the kitchen, which is the other side of the now very hot, thick stone chimney, was also moved. Much later came the big cleaning up of the mess. We worried for the next two days and nights as the fire continued to smoulder in behind the fireplace and the chimney, and the walls gave off an incredible heat. Next, we found a very good friend who spoke fluent French, who helped us organise a chimney sweeper to do his job and clean up, and also what the French call a certified chimney man. I'm not quite sure what he's technically called. To replace the flue, do the minor building works to fix it all up, and lastly, send us an incredibly expensive bill in euros. So in a nutshell, that's the story of Madam, Your Chimney's on Fire. So thanks for listening to our little short stories. We'll see you next time. And so that brings us to the end of another podcast and our time together. Thanks for listening. I've really enjoyed your company and I look forward to sharing more on France and all things French with you next week. Until then, you can head over to the blog at www.afrenchcollection.com for the full blog post. And so it's a merci from me and a bientôt.